what you do in a B-movie. The end is a little bit ridiculous. I was unsurprised to see that. And it's sweet! Oh my gosh, you guys need to go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. I want to watch it again. internet travelers and welcome once again to the before and after show as always i'm your co-host mj smith and your other co-host ryan buell will join me later in the episode to talk about our final thoughts on the mummy that will be a very brief section because there's not a lot going on in that movie but in the meantime i'm joined by nick crown hey everybody uh nick is joining us because we're going to talk about cars 3 and the last time we covered a pixar movie on this very podcast uh Nick participated and my wife was mad, uh, but not because Nick participated, but because I made the call to discuss every Pixar movie in existence was up it, to that point. Wasn't that like a three hour long podcast? It was two. It was close to two. It felt like three hours. We, I think we recorded for three. <laughs> um, and then we left for a honeymoon and my wife was trying to get some sleep before Wait, we left for honeymoon. Was that after you got married? Yeah. Oh, man. No wonder she was mad. It was right after we got married. Uh, <laughs> I made sure the sheen wore off real fast. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was... Uh, we recorded until about 10.30 at night, and we had to leave for our honeymoon at midnight to L.A. Wait, is that real? Yeah. I did, for some reason, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> That's because I didn't tell you guys when that happened. Oh, man. Yeah, we, we probably would have cut it short. Yeah. She yep. asked me to, too. I, like, straight up just disregarded. Oh. That was one of those early in the marriage lessons that yeah. I had to learn. It's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But then we went to our, our wedding in Nashville, and it was fine. No, we went to our honeymoon in Nashville, and it was fine. Hot chicken. Yeah, hot chicken, yeah. which uh, Nick will sample soon. Can't wait. But before we do all that, Nick, have you been watching anything, reading anything, listening to anything that has caught your fancy recently? Well, uh, for us... I guess as far as TV goes, me and my wife have been watching, uh, going in between Portlandia and uh, Scrubs. Okay. So whenever we want to just watch something and maybe be weirded out, we'll watch Portlandia. And sometimes when we want to watch something and laugh and maybe cry every once in a while, we'll watch Scrubs. Uh, We've been doing that a lot. Um, I... uh, else have i been doing i recently read ready player one. Oh, what did you think i loved it I really thought, i thought it was great fun um uh i loved all the references it was mm-hmm. just it was very exciting and um it just felt i i like that the author didn't try to make it into a sequel like oh i wonder what's gonna happen next mm-hmm. there's the definitive endpoint. Uh, I watched or I read it for two reasons. One, I had jury duty. Oh, uh, and I got put on the jury, so I'm like, oh, I'm gonna wow. have a lot of free time. Yeah. So let's get a book to read. And uh, they're making a movie. Yes, what Spielberg. Is that? Yeah. And when I saw that, I'm like, this must be a good movie. I need to check it out. Yeah. So read that, had a lot of fun. Yeah, I listened to the audiobook, which Will Wheaton reads. Yes. I liked it. Okay, I thought it spent a little too much time. If it's a little meandering, maybe I would feel differently if I read a physical copy of it, but I felt like 
it's been a lot of time giving us the backstory of the world and the yes. state of the world. And yes. I was just like, ah, I feel like you're wasting a lot of time with mm. the world building, maybe. Maybe. Um, but, like, the story itself, when it focused on that, I thought was really compelling and smart. Yes. Um, this sort of virtual Indiana Jones, yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, but it, also this virtual Indiana Jones, who's kind of bad at being indiana jones like gets lucky a couple times I yeah feel like. yeah yeah um i but really really liked that you could also argue that indiana jones gets lucky very many times yeah too. So i mean yeah you yeah. can delete him from raiders of the lost ark and it still happens the same way that i never thought about that that's 100 percent true yeah he it? affects that those series of events zero <laughs> percent i suppose the monkey dies because of him well no, because the monkey eats the poison date. That's true. Yep. I was trying to think of something. Yep. I mean, I guess you could argue Marion wouldn't have been there, so they wouldn't have poisoned the dates. <sighs> yeah. Marion almost died. Yeah. Lots of Nazis died. Yeah. He yeah. did affect that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm really interested to see what Spielberg does with that movie. Mm -hmm. I think it's the... I think it's... I feel like if I was Ernie Klein and they say, hey, we're going to make your book a new movie, I'd be like, sweet. And they were like, Spielberg's going to direct it. I would just faint. Like, I would be like, I can't. Why would I write another thing? It's over. It's yeah. done. Yeah. Fin we finished. We yeah. arrived. Um, but I think what I'm looking the most forward to is I feel like Spielberg can very efficiently keep all that world building stuff. Yes. Without sacrificing the overarching adventure narrative because he's really good at efficiently telling efficiently building a world through his visuals mm -hmm. and so i feel like actually that stuff is going to be i honestly feel like the movie might be better than the book because a lot of the fat gets taken care of by you watching yes uh, i felt very similarly to uh the martian mm. uh where i thoroughly enjoyed the book mm -hmm. and um i guess just for context sake i'm wearing a nasa hat right yeah now. you are and uh so I love all that kind of stuff, all the technical stuff. I love. But I didn't miss it when I watched the movie. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. I got little pieces of it. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, that makes me happy. And then, But then it was just very fast-paced and things happened. That's true. That's true. Because the best parts of The Martian, the book, are when he's kind of making stuff happen. And mm -hmm. like getting the background is really great and important. And I like how well-researched it was. Yes. But it does kind of get bogged down in that on in certain spots. Not It's not super bad like you should read the martian it's pretty good yes oh i read it within 24 hours <clears throat> oh I really i couldn't put it down yeah it's really compelling um it's really smartly written man like just the structure of it is oh solid. yeah um and, but that movie is incredible it's so easy to watch it's, yeah i didn't know that movie was two and a half hours when i saw it was it yeah it didn't feel like that no not it at was all. very fast yeah I couldn't believe it. It, like, surprised me. I was like, oh, it was a solid two hours. And it was basically three hours because of previews. Right. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, that never happens to mm -hmm. me. I always check the runtime on a movie. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Anything else? Uh, I can't think of anything else. Uh, mine was a lot of... I got a lot of heavy, good watching done this week, which is cool. I don't usually have time for that. Uh, so, the first thing I watched was uh, Zodiac. Is that about the Zodiac Killer? Yeah. Yeah. I. What, what did you... That's not like a Netflix exclusive, is it? No, no, no. What? It came out in 2007. And it's, it's a movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a narrative movie. Okay. It's not a documentary. Um, it's a David Fincher movie who did Seven mm. and Fight Club oh. and Curious Case of Benjamin Button. One of these things is not like the other. Um, 
I'm not the hugest fan of him. He did Social Network, which I'm on record is not really loving. Um, I actually didn't mind that one too much. Yeah, most people love it. I'm in the minority by, like, a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's not like I one. would chomp at the bit to watch it again. Mm. But. Yeah. Uh, to me, Zodiac's masterpiece. It was the second time I'd seen it, and I remember really loving it. Mm. And this time through, I really loved it even more. It's so compelling and... The editing is perfect. It's one of the best edited movies I've seen in a long time. Robert Downey Jr., Jake Ooh. Gyllenhaal, um, Mark Ruffalo. Oh, that's a, that's a great cast. Yeah, yeah. They uh, they play kind of the three main players in it, and the tagline for the movie is you know sometimes uh, what is the tagline? You can lose your life to a killer in more than one way, oh. and it's basically about how these three guys get obsessed with the zodiac killer but he never really kills them but he takes huge decades of their lives away from them basically um and it's so it's it's not like a happy movie at all but if you're gonna watch a movie about the zodiac killer you should probably expect that (laughs) Um, no yeah no and so it kind of it plays very much in three acts and the first act is kind of the beginning of the Zodiac murders and everyone kind of trying to figure it out to see if it's a political statement about Vietnam mm. or if it's a reaction to the hippies or what's happening. Right. And sort of the journalists who kind of took that upon themselves to figure out because at the San Francisco Chronicle, because they were getting some of the Zodiac letters. Oh, I see. And then the second act is more about the detective work behind trying to catch him, which is Mark Ruffalo's character. The first act is about... Robert Downey Jr. Um, And they intersect as the movie goes on. And then the third act is about uh, actually the book the movie is based on getting written, which is Jake Gyllenhaal's character. And he's actually kind of the main thoroughfare through the whole movie. But you don't really know that until the third act. Interesting. Um, And it's really interesting because the Zodiac murders are unsolved. Like, we don't have a proven identity on the Zodiac killer. So how do you make that a satisfying narrative? Yeah. Um, and they do it. You huh. know, it's a very satisfying movie. And that's hard to do because when De Palma, one of the best directors or most respected directors of his generation, went to make a movie about the Black Dahlia, it devolves into this weird area where they solve the murder. Like the murderers <laughs> of the Black Dahlia are revealed at the end of that movie. And you're like, wait a second. That's not how that happened. When did Black Dahlia come out? I want to say 2005 or 2006. Huh. I wonder if they saw that and was like, let's not do the same thing. It seemed like it. It seemed like it. But also they got the guy who wrote the book to consult on Zodiac. Oh, so I think I he had a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's sort of this tale of obsession, which I kind of love uh, those anyway. You know, if you've ever seen a Christopher Nolan movie and enjoyed it, you probably at least like that theme a little bit. Yes. Uh, and so that's really great. And then we'll be talking about this with Ryan later in the episode. Um but Adam West passed away this weekend, Ugh. which was a real bummer. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I watched the Batman movie that he's in. Is that the one where he runs around with a bomb? Yeah. Or is that an episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I watched that and uh, it's great. He actually, I bought the Blu-ray of it and he signed it and Burt Ward signed it. So. Wow. Yeah. I, uh, I got to meet Adam West and Dude. that was like. That, like, really hurt when he died, yeah. <laughs> actually, because I'd met him. And and so I watched that movie, and it is hilarious. It's so funny. There are so many good jokes in that. Uh, 
I mean, he's got shark repellent. Uh, is that the same one where they're in the Batcopter and they fall onto a mattress? No. Oh, that must be an episode. Mm-hmm. Or is it... I? It's been such a long time since I've seen them. Is this the one where they they use a dehydrator to turn... Yes, the, yes. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah, one of my favorite gags of that is when they hydrate everybody... Like, I guess the diplomats were, like, arguing. Yes. And then they, when they get rehydrated, they're, like, arguing again, like, nothing happened. Yeah, but they're all speaking each other's languages. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no. they mixed up the languages because they go through all this trouble to keep them separate. And then at the very last second, someone knocks them over oh, and they get mixed up. That's right. And they have to put them in a centrifuge to bring them back up. But they all got the languages mixed up. Oh. Uh, and one of the guys is just, like, pounding his shoe on the table for no reason. <laughs> It's so great. There are so many good good gags in that movie, man. Oh. And, like, Adam West is so funny in it. He was hilarious. And I think he doesn't get enough credit for being a comedic actor. They, th- they view him as, like, a camp actor. And yeah. it's kind of not. Like, the stuff around him was campy, but he plays it so... Straight almost face. Leslie yeah. Nielsen. Yeah, yeah. Um... Just, oh man, that guy was a monstrous actor. Like, he was so good. If you watch that, he's great in that Mm -hmm. movie. Legit, a a fantastic comedic performance. Well, and not just his acting ability as well, but also his voice acting. Yeah. Just the characters that he's played in. uh, I want to say he played the chin in uh, Fairly Odd Parents. Okay, I think Uh, you're right. And, uh, you know, he just... He plays characters that kind of alludes to his past, mm-hmm. and he's 100% okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, you know, he had a long career of getting snubbed from a lot of roles Yeah, because of that, mm-hmm. and which I think is super unfair because that guy is a great actor. Um, and so the fact that he was even still kind of okay with it by the end, it, let alone like still going, he was going to cons up until April. Whether or not they want to admit it, like, these dark, you know, super gravelly Batmans don't exist without his. It's, you have to remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It cost him, the the thing is, like, Batman so tried, they tried, they so tried to distance themselves from that Adam West Batman, that they didn't even give him a cameo in the 1989 version because of it. Was that deliberate? Yeah. He, they wanted to give him a cameo in it. And the filmmakers said no because they were trying to distance themselves from it. Which is crazy because that movie's super campy. It's true. <laughs> I mean, the Joker dresses up as a artist, I think? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I remember watching that movie a lot as a kid. Yeah. It's a good movie. <laughs> it is. But it's still really campy. It's pretty campy. And then I watched Nashville, which is... Also two hours and 37 minutes long. Uh, um, Zodiac's two hours and 37 minutes long. Oh. And Nashville is... It's kind of this... Comedy drama set in at the turn of the Bicentennial, so 1975 into 1976, over the presidential election. It's five days in Nashville in the lives of... I'm not mispronouncing this. 24 characters. Wait, how does that work? It's 24 stories over two and a half hours that kind of weave in and out of each other of these 24 people in Nashville. It's kind of stunning. 
the fact that it even makes a little bit of sense. Okay, so the the first thing that comes to mind is like, uh, how does it relate to like Pulp Fiction as far as like how those stories move together? I know that wasn't right. in chronological order. Does this follow the same? This is of- this is in chronological order. So it's day one, day two, day three, day four, day five. Right. Um, and it's kind of all leading up to a rally for this presidential candidate who is unseen throughout the entire film. Uh, you just kind of hear his. He has a van that drives around and blasts a, a pre-recorded speech. And that kind of is the thread that weaves the whole movie together. Is You'll hear it in one scene, and then another scene will start, and you'll hear it in the background of that scene. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so he's kind of the main character, if you will. The van? He, the van, yeah. <laughs> um, so, But his presence is kind of felt over the whole thing. Right. But also, Jeff Goldblum plays this biker guy this like easy rider hippy dippy looking biker guy who also kind of weaves his way into the beginning and end of every scene uh it's really weird he doesn't have a single line of dialogue in the whole movie people will look to him for reactions and all he does is smile and do a magic trick uh (laughs) over the course of the whole movie it's it's a movie that i don't know if i liked but hmm. only because I'm still reckoning with it. Like, it's a movie that needs to be reckoned with. Yes. Like, it's something that you need to wrestle to the ground <laughs> to understand. It's really challenging in that way. It goes against a lot of, like, what we ki- have come to understand about narrative cinema. Right. I mean, are there acts in this movie? N- no. Not really. K- kind of, yes. I mean, it's kind of five acts, right? Because it's right. day one, day two, day three, day four, day five. Okay. Um, so kind of, and it's all going, it's all headed to a point. So there's an overarching narrative of, it's all headed, like all these stories are going to converge at the rally for this presidential candidate. Right. All these people are either trying to be on the bill or get taken off the bill because they don't want to be associated with politics. I see. Um, so you have, but you have like, even the side characters are, you know, they have their own arcs. It's just a movie of arcs. (laughs) Um, and they're all complete. You know, like, you can't knock the movie for not having incomplete or open threads. With 24 characters? With 24 characters. There's not a single main character. You know, you can't point to any one character and be like, that's the person that this movie is about. It's about all of them. That's so strange. It's very strange. And it does suffer a little bit in that certain characters, something will happen to them and you'll feel the emotion of being sad for them, but you don't really get the full impact of it because you didn't get enough time to care about them. just you just met them yeah basically i mean i 37 minutes into the movie you're finally introduced into to every character oh wow and it's another two hours after that oh but an hour of that is musical numbers because it's in nashville right so it's music city and an hour of this two and a half hour movie is music like, okay, when you say musical numbers, are the characters singing? Yeah. Or? So every character who's a singer in the movie was required to write, record, and perform their own song for the movie. In character? or In character. They, wow. Yeah. That sounds so cool. It's it's a really interesting movie. Huh. Yeah. It's 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 unlike anything you've ever seen. I'm, <laughs> I guarantee it. Uh, yeah, so we're going to move on and talk about a news story. Uh, I'm sure that's gonna, that Nashville talk's going to get edited down. Um, the Black Panther trailer. Oh, yes. So Black Panther is uh, a Marvel film that's coming out uh, in February of 2018. And they released the first trailer 
for it during game four of the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. Stars Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther, who we were introduced to at the end of Civil War, or in, in Civil War. Yes. At the end of Civil War, he had taken the Winter Soldier back into cryostasis, basically, yeah, yeah. in his home country of Wakanda, which he is the king of. Yes. And in a giant panther mountain. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and that's where we last left the character. But that character has kind of, you know, come out to the world. Wakanda's been very secretive yes. up to this point. And now it's about to be kind of at the forefront of this political intrigue because they're housing the Winter Soldier. Right. And so that's where that's where uh, Black Panther kind of, I would guess, starts off. Yeah. The film is directed by Ryan Coogler, who made uh, Fruitvale Station, which is a very interesting little indie movie about... Oh, I forget his name. Um, But it's about a guy who was murdered by the police uh, on New Year's Eve of 2000-something. I don't remember the year. Uh But he was in Oakland, and he literally was executed by the police. There's there's cell phone video of it. Um, He was... You know, we we talk about being stopped for walking while black. It's it's that's literally what happened right. with the the Oakland PD, and you can you can find the video of it. I'm like, I don't recommend finding the video <laughs> yeah, of it. I don't know if I'm gonna go look that up. Uh, for fun. But you you can find the video of it, and it's he's he's literally he's co- cooperating, and then a cop just shoots him. Um, and so he made a movie about the last day of that guy's life. It's a bummer, but it's very good. Yeah. It stars Michael B. Jordan, and his follow up to that movie is Creed, um, oh. which is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's probably in my top 10 favorite movies of all time. I actually really wanted to see that. You haven't seen it? No. It's on Hulu. <gasps> oh. And Amazon Prime. We recently got Hulu to watch Scrubs. Oh, so there you go. There you go. Scrubs is on Netflix now. Uh, it used to be. Now it's on Hulu. Oh, there you go. Um, it's excellent. Hmm. It is an excellent movie. I saw it three times in theaters. And I don't go to the theater to well, see anything twice anymore. Let alone three times. Yeah. So when they announced Ryan Coogler is going to be directing Black Panther, I lost my mind. I was like, yes, this is going to be amazing. Well, I mean, the trailer was amazing. So we got the trailer. And Nick Crown, what did you think about the trailer? I'll tell you what, man. I So when I watch Civil War and I see Black Panther running around, I'm like, okay, this guy's like fighting Iron... Or no, he's, he's fighting Captain America. Mm-hmm. Um, in my mind, like, oh, he's an annoyance. You mm-hmm. know, like... Captain America, Steve Rogers, he's the hero. And now Black Panther's running around. He's ruining everything. You know, what? The, what's up with this guy? Towards the end of the movie, I'm like, hey, he's, he, I like him a lot. You know, he kind of <clears> sees, <throat> you know, between the lines. He sees what's going on. And so I like his, uh, his wisdom. And now seeing the trailer, just focusing on him, and he's, he's like, getting shot at. And he's just walking forward. And uh, I'm really interested to see the lore of his country Mm -hmm. uh i actually looked on wikipedia to kind of see what the comics had done for the mm -hmm. country uh uh and i'm just excited about it um the uh i know the man who was being interrogated talked about el dorado yeah uh and i'm wondering if they're gonna do anything like actual el dorado because that'd be really cool even though that wasn't in the comics at all from my limited wikipedia reading i think you're right yeah yeah but uh I'm interested to see where they take it, and I really hope they do a lot of lore building for, uh, how do you say it? You, uh, Wakanda? Wakanda, yeah. Uh, for Wakanda, because it's a pretty cool little country. It's so cool. It's, you know, for those not in the know, it's the world's largest store of vibranium. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I mean, his suit is made out of it. That's how much vibranium they have. 
Um, and, and to put that into context, Captain America's shield is all America has. Yes. That's it. Yes, that is that is the amount of a vibranium they have, is Captain America's shield. Um, and also, Black Panther is a title that gets handed down to the king of Wakanda. Um, you know, mm. it, each king must take up the mantle of the Black Panther. Yes. So, with all that in play, watching the trailer, I was super excited. It's got... So... What I love about this trailer is I feel like it looks like Ryan Coogler made a Marvel movie and not like Marvel made Ryan Coogler make a movie. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that's been their aesthetic recently, and I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't like Doctor Strange that much because I felt like they reined in Scott Derrickson, who's, you know, a veteran horror director... And I didn't want Doctor Strange to be a horror movie. No, no. But I wanted him to get, you know, people talked about how crazy the visuals were in it. And I was like, I wanted him to be a little crazier, actually. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, they, uh, I mean, I guess the part where the hands are growing on the hands. Oh, man, that's yeah. my favorite part of the whole movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, and he, like, goes through his own eye. Yes. But, like, that whole, like, psychedelic freakout moment is one, maybe one and a half minutes of, you know, a two-hour movie. And, other like, I wanted way more of that stuff. That was yeah. the stuff that I was really interested in. Um, and then, you know, Guardians 2, I, I thought was fine. I liked it better than, like, the first one. I'm not super in love with the first one, mm-hmm. so... Uh, and then Spider-Man Homecoming, I'm not super jazzed about. It looks okay. How did you feel about Spider-Man in Civil War? I liked him. I did. Uh, I liked him, but I just feel like they just feel like a product now. Oh, you know I what see. I mean? Like, yeah. the, And I hate to be kind of like film snob about it. Because right. I, I, I try not to be, um, I don't know, the Thor, the Dark World, or Thor Ragnarok trailer. I I love that director so much, but I just felt like, ah, oh, they made him make something that looks like Guardians. Like, yeah. Let him make his version of it. So with the Black Panther trailer, I was like, that's a Ryan Coogler movie first. You know, it, mm-hmm. it just happens to be in the MCU. And yes. so I was super pumped about that. Um, and then... Ryan Coogler makes movies, uh, his first two movies are all about legacy, right? It's yeah. about the legacy that this guy who was unjustly murdered by the police left behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that murder actually predates a lot of the Black Lives Matter stuff and the, you know, the Trayvon Martin oh. thing is what kicked that off, really, in earnest. Um, yeah, Tra- Trayvon Martin? Yeah, that was the George Zimmerman one in Florida. Um, but his was before that George Zimmerman thing happened, even. And I, I mean, to be perfectly honest, it's it's his isn't a name I see referenced a whole lot. Yeah. And so Ryan Coogler was actually able to go and bring his name back into the conversation while all this was happening um, when it had been kind of lost to time. And Creed is all about finding your legacy and mm-hmm. all about how the son of Apollo Creed, you know, the world's greatest boxer, didn't know his father. Yeah. And wanted and had to reckon with where he came from and you know ultimately initially he rejects the mantle of a creed you know um he he deliberately uses word choices like he was my father not i'm his son um you know and then at the end of the movie it comes full circle and he gets uh you know his he goes by the name Johnson, the last name Johnson, mm-hmm. over the course of the movie. And at the end, like one of the, right before his final fight, he gets his dad's shorts, oh. and they say Creed on him. But they've also taken 
the shorts and had Johnson put on the front on the elastic band. So it's got both. Like he's, got both. it's got both. And so it's just about him accepting his legacy as a creed. Well, surely there's got to be room for this to happen in Black Panther. Exactly. So Black Panther is T'Challa having to step into the legacy of the Black Panther and the legacy of being the leader of Wakanda. I wonder what the balance is going to be between like the political mm-hmm. uh, stuff. Cause I really enjoyed that in uh, Captain America too. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, I loved that stuff uh, where he's not just a hero. Let's go in and punch Hitler on the chin. <laughs> right. Uh, but it's like, Hey, let's, we need to make sure we're doing the right thing here. And I like that in civil war too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, there's got to be, there's got to be room for that in this movie. Oh I, yeah, I, I would, sure. I would hope at least forty percent would be this. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. But then on top of it, the action looks really cool. It does. He, I feel like they nailed the fighting style of fighting like a cat. Yes. You know, I mean, it kind of looks like Catwoman, which, you know, not the movie Catwoman, yeah. but it looks like how Catwoman would fight, which is how a panther would fight too. Right. They're felines. Yeah. Um. You know, just like flips and like kicking guns out of hand. Flips and, and open-handed strikes to, <coughs> yeah. to scrap. Um, some of the CGI and compositing looks a little janky, but mm-hmm. we're almost a year away from this movie. It's going to get better. Yeah. Um, it has to. Uh, dude with an emerald green lip plate and in a, a matching suit is great. Can't wait. Oh my gosh, I love that guy. Like, I, I screen capped that and put on Facebook, you know, this guy should be in every Marvel movie. Um, that guy looks great. Michael B. Jordan looks awesome in it with his dreads. He's going to be the villain of the piece, I think. Um, Michonne from The Walking Dead is in it. Lupita Nyong'o from 12 Years a Slave. Was, was I wrong in thinking that was Martin Freeman? Martin Freeman's in it. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, there was a Gollum, uh, a Gollum Bilbo reunion at the beginning of the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, man, it just it looks so great. And then like the the music in the trailer serves it really well. Yes. Um, the way the logo gets revealed to the beat of the Ooh. music was so great. Oh, it was so cool. It was so cool. I I'm looking at a hero who wasn't. I don't know. The only reason he's a hero is because he's the right blood type. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, he was. He's the it, it, part of the bloodline, and yeah, so yeah. Um, I, I think there's a lot of opportunity to explore some uh, ideas about honor, about mm-hmm. duty, mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of maybe you get a little bit of that in Captain America, uh, where he's like, "I'm, I'm just a guy. I'm, I'm not doing this because I want to be a hero. I want to do the right thing." Right. But with uh, Black Panther, it'll be like, I, I wonder if he's going to struggle with it, or yeah. if he's just going to be like, "No, this is what we do." Yeah, that's the thing is like, Captain America could technically stop being Captain America if he wanted to. Yeah, T'Challa doesn't have a choice. Yeah, he has to do this. Yes, um, and it looks like. It kind of looks like he accepts that mantle with open arms. Literally, mm. you see him walking with open arms towards, you know, his village or you know yes. wherever he lives or whatever. But there's also got to be this initial struggle of maybe not, you know, should I take up this mantle? But am I good enough? Am yeah. I worthy of this? Right. What was the line in the movie? Mm. You don't want to. You don't want to kill people. And how does it go? He, um, it's hard for a good man to be a king, where he says you're a good man, yeah. but it's hard for a good man yes, to be a good king. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm, man, I'm so excited for Black Panther. It's it's hands down my most anticipated Marvel movie of all time. Mm-hmm. And they let Ryan Coogler come in and bring his own crew. It's his DP that he usually works with. It's his costume designer. It's his set designer. Wow. Yeah. It's not the, it's, they didn't choose it. Marvel didn't choose it for him. He came in and said, these are the people I want to work with. Wow. Um, you know, these are the people that worked on my last two movies. So that's why I think it feels like a Ryan Coogler movie. And I feel like, I feel like the artists who make these things are the ones who leave the stamps on them. You know, when you talk about an iconic comic book run, you talk about the author and the artist. Yes. You know, if you talk about the most recent Batman new 52 run, it's Snyder and Capullo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the comic book movies need to be that too, you know, for better or for worse, the DC movies kind of have that going on. You know, I feel like when people talk about Batman v Superman, they talk about Zack Snyder. Yep. Um, when people talk about suicide squad, they take about, talk about David Ayer, Patty Jenkins is getting brought up a lot as the director of Wonder Woman. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, whatever you think about that, that's kind of where DC has them a little bit, a little bit, uh, but it's usually negative. Yes. What people have to say, with the exception of Wonder Woman. Um, which was fantastic. Which was really good. Um, but I think with Marvel, you know, yeah, the movie nerds and the guys who keep up with this are going to know the directors for each movie, but... Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, most people won't. Um, no. And, like, I feel like anyone could have directed Spider-Man Homecoming. I don't even know the director's name, to be perfectly honest. I know it's the guy who made the movie Cop Car, I think. Um, you know, it just, I don't know. That movie specifically really feels just kind of plastic to me. Yeah, I... I, I want to say I'm excited for that movie because Spider-Man's one of my favorite Marvel mm. heroes. Uh just because he's always so positive. Uh, I I didn't like Amazing Spider-Man right. with Garfield. Uh, just because I felt like this this isn't the Spider-Man that I love. Uh, I actually like the Tobey Maguire ones better. They're real good, except for three. Three, three was bad. Number one, I, I watched it. I'm like, you know, it still holds up. Yeah. It's not bad. And maybe it's because Willem Dafoe is one of the best <laughs> villains of all Marvel give me a just marvel bring him back somehow just i, I don't care how you explain it dimensional as riffs as osborne just okay. bring him back just i want green goblin played by willem dafoe back okay uh, i want to see him again i want more of him um but with this one i just i really like the character struggle it seems like this peter parker's having mm-hmm. at least what i've seen in the trailer mm-hmm. and so that excites me a lot but I don't know. It'll be a fun action movie yeah. at worst, I hope. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, we're going to take a short break. And speaking of legacy, we'll be back in a second to talk about Cars 3. Yes. Which uh, we were both, I think, maybe against the norm, really excited about. Surprisingly, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we'll be right back. Like I said before we went to break, we are here to talk about Cars 3. Cars 3. Um, Cars 3 is the third film in the Cars franchise, which I can't believe I'm saying. Um, 
started off with Cars 1, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically a remake of Doc Hollywood, starring Owen Wilson as a sentient car named Lightning McQueen, who um, basically is too arrogant for his own good and ends up having to pump the brakes on that and find find himself, essentially, in the, the middle of this desert town. Um, yes. Slow down, as it were. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly, as Doc Hudson would say. Yes. Uh, and then Cars 2 was a spy adventure starring his kooky sidekick, Mater. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so we'll talk We'll talk about Cars 1 first. Uh, Nick, I know if people really want to hear about it, but now we can get more in-depth about it. Nick, what do you think about the first Cars film? I think it's great. Uh, I do when, we had the, when we had our Pixar extravaganza uh, about a year and a half ago, I put Cars in my top five. Hmm. Uh, of all Pixar movies. Uh, one, because I love a story where you start out with the main character being kind of a jerk, mm-hmm. and by the end, there's just a 180 of character development that's happened. Um, I I would put the first cars in the same category of movie as Iron Man, oh. where Tony Stark is just, oh, this guy's a, a jerk, mm-hmm. uh, and he comes around at the end. And I feel like Cars did that in a really good way. Um and less of just like, oh, something bad happened to me and I need to fix it. Uh, but more of, I don't know, he just like had a different life. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he just got a different view of life where he's just, oh, gosh, there's just going to be car puns and I'm just going to be okay with it. He's been in the fast lane his whole life. Mm. And now he's forced into the scenic route, literally, mm-hmm. as part of that movie when he goes on the trip with oh, Sally. Oh yeah, Route 66. Yeah, uh, literally... Takes, has to take the scenic route and just starts to see life from another perspective. Yeah. Um, and then when you're wondering, like, oh, maybe he is actually changing, he's forced back into the fast lane mm-hmm. again, and then you get to see um, the character development that happened is stuck. And that's what I love about it. When he sacrifices everything that he's been working for to save, well, not save, but to push the king across the finish mm-hmm. line. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that just speaks to uh, how, how you tell a character story, uh, for one, because y- there's this moment of tension where you're like, did everything that happened in Radiator Springs, was that real? And then you get to see when he makes that sacrifice, yes, it was. And you're just like, ah, oh, that's good storytelling. Yeah. Yeah, and you get to see him put even the just basic skills he learned there, like how to drive in reverse. Or drive on dirt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like he, you know, it's not just character development, but it's like physical development. Like he learned so much more and it's pointed out pretty immediately that maybe he doesn't have it all figured out when he shows up at Radiator Springs because someone like Mater, who's, you know, not as intelligent as Lightning is, is a much better driver backwards than he is. Mm -hmm. You know, it takes that thing of like everyone has different skills, like you can learn something from everyone you meet. Yes. That's the, you know, that's one of the overarching themes of the film. Mm-hmm. I love that too. Um, and I love Cars. I love that first movie a lot. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. It's really, the voice acting's really good in yeah. it. Um, you know, even Larry the Cable Guy is really charming in that movie, I yeah. feel like. I don't, I, I feel like it's a perfect marriage of character model and voice actor. Yes. Um, and speaking of the models, uh, just how creatively they were able to fit cars into every situation. Yes. Like, how does a car 
do anything. It's like, oh, they have the little uh, antennas you mm-hmm. know, to grab stuff. Or, like, it's all foot pedals for oh, things. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, that's cool. That's really clever. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that movie's super underrated, actually. I mm-hmm. think a lot of people... I think part of it is it's a lot of parents who have seen it way too many times because sure. kids tend to be super into cars. Sure. Um, but I think another part of it, like, people write it off as a lesser Pixar film, and I don't actually understand that criticism. Can't figure it out. Yeah, I, I love that movie, Top to Bottom. Uh, Cars 2, on the other hand, <laughs> is this globe-trotting James Bondian adventure starring Michael Caine and Mater and Lady McQueen and... In that order. <laughs> really? I, I, with as, as much screen time as they had? Yeah, that's what it felt like. Yeah. So Cars 2 is a film that I did not catch in theaters because, to be honest, it didn't look that good. Mm. Uh, but I bought it on Blu-ray because I love the first Cars. And I was yeah. like, you know what? I'll give this a chance. There was a point where I was trying to collect every Pixar movie on Blu-ray. Yep. Um, and... I haven't finished it. I watched maybe half of it. Oh, no. And I don't remember anything about it. I can't tell you anything about that movie. Nick, on the other hand, watched it this morning. I, I watched believe. it this morning in preparation for this. Had yeah. you seen it before? I had not. Okay. So I'm like, I, I better get on this because yeah. we're talking about it today. Yeah. So what what is Cars 2 and <laughs> how did you feel about it? Okay. So here's what I said. Here's what, here's what I say. Um... And I think you could put a footnote on everything I'm about to say where I believe that this would have been an amazing spinoff movie. Mm. If it was called, not Cars 2, but instead Finn McMissile. Mm. The Adventures of Finn McMissile. It would have been great. I loved like the first sequence where like you see the spy car doing like what a spy would do, like climbing up uh, walls <laughs> with like hook shots and stuff. I'm That's like, awesome. That is cool. That's really cool. And I love, again, I love seeing how they, like, oh, how would a car be a spy mm-hmm. in this all cars world? Um, so that was really entertaining and uh, just fun to watch. Uh, but then as soon as you introduce Lightning McQueen and Mater again, and now they're like best buds, which right. I I don't remember that like happening in the last movie, like, oh, I thought... Oh, totally. Like, I know mean, he... I don't know. I, not to the extent that they were in mm. this movie, though, where they're just, like, fist bumping. And I guess I need to keep in mind that this is four years down the line, I think. Okay, yeah. Uh, because he's won, or at least some that amount of time, where he's won all these Piston Cups mm. uh, now, called Hudson Cups now, I think. Oh, the okay. The Doc Hudson Piston Cup. Right. Um, that they renamed it after him. But... Uh, it's just strange to me that like all of a sudden they're best buds. I'm like, okay, that's that's fine with me. And I guess I would have to put the character layer of this movie in the same category as Back to the Future 2. Mm. Where you have this great first movie and you're like, okay, cool. You have Doc and Marty and they're, they're friends and it's very natural. But in this movie, they gave... I don't know. They created this friendship between them, I feel like, for the purpose of creating tension later on in the movie. Mm. So it didn't feel very organic. Uh, it, very much in the same way where in Back to the Future 2, Marty is given the character flaw of going berserk when someone calls him a chicken. Oh. Mm-hmm. Which was not the main focus or present in the first one. Uh, and it continues in number three as well. But uh, I don't know. So I felt like the character-driven 
part that I loved so much in Cars 1 wasn't there. Uh, and uh, yeah, so again, beside, that's besides the point. But like you said, MJ, it's a globetrotting spy movie. And I just feel like the main character that was Lightning McQueen in the last movie was a B character. Mm-hmm. So it, I had a weird time watching it because I didn't know who to pay attention to. Oh, if yeah. That, if that makes that sense. That makes a lot of sense. I think that's why I didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah, it's that. And also, I felt like the movie had a really weird tone. Like, it didn't know what kind of tone it wanted to have. Yeah, because the first scene shows this, you know, other British car spy. Like, hey, you gotta come to these coordinates because, you know, there's something big here. And then uh, Finn McMissile, as he's hanging from uh, the sky, kind of Mission Impossible. Mm -hmm. What in a Mission Impossible way, which I thought was hilarious. They're like, oh, here's that spy we found. And he's like a compacted cube. Oh. Like, you know, you, you take a car, you smash it in a junkyard mm-hmm. and into a cube. That was this car. I'm just like, that's a dead person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was kind of shocked. Yeah. Um, and kind of on the same way, they there's an American spy that just gets killed. <laughs> and I'm like, is this Pixar? Or is this like Bat- Batman Returns? Or... <laughs> Like, and, like what what is happening with this movie? So I was, like, shocked to yeah. watch it a kid's Kind of like Back to the Future 2 has a weird tone. Yeah. Yeah, so it was weird. It was, like, kids-friendly, but then again, these cars were being killed. Yeah. Like, that's murder. It, that's, that person was murdered. Yeah. And there's their body. <laughs> that's so funny. So, Cars 3 is coming out, which, one, blows my mind that Cars 2 even made enough money to yeah. warrant Cars, cars 3. Um, Cars 3 is coming out. Looks like we're back to the races. Yes. Unintended, I guess. Uh, And it looks like we're focused on Lightning McQueen. Yes. Thank you. Um, So why are we excited about it? Why are you excited about Cars 3? I'm excited about Cars 3 because I feel like it's getting back to that. I don't know. Like Cars 1 felt like a sports movie in a certain way where, you know, you see a team where it's like, oh man, I hope they can win the big race. Mm. You know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like we're getting back to that in this movie. Yes. Where it seems, um, oh gosh, what's the really f- cool fast car's name that was in the trailer? It's like Storm. Jackson Storm. Jackson Storm, yeah. Uh, I love, I just, I could see there being some awesome tension here. Where you have Lightning McQueen, who kind of has a stormy sounding name. Lightning, uh, and then you have Storm Jackson. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to be you know, they're going to be compared. Because um, essentially, Storm Jackson seems to be the Lightning McQueen to the king in Cars mm. 1. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be like an interesting... I don't know. I feel like there's going to be some interesting uh, character interaction between those two. And again, we're getting back to Lightning having to train for something. Yeah. And that you saw that a lot in Cars 1, which is fun. We yeah. like watching movies like that to see yeah, yeah. a character train and then succeed. Because uh, let's be honest, he succeeded in Cars 1 even though he didn't win the Piston Cup. Yes. And that was the whole yeah, point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm hoping we see something like that again. I agree. I think also this movie does what we were just talking about in Black Panther. It's a movie about legacy, it looks like. Yes. It's a movie about aging. It's a movie where Lightning McQueen realizes he doesn't have a lot of these left in him. Yeah. Uh, it's a movie about an aging athlete, uh, mm-hmm. which Creed is kind of the subplot is about that. It's about Rocky aging. Yeah. Um... And, you know, Doc's gone. Yes. uh, You know, because Paul Newman has passed away since then. But, 
you know, in in Creed, you see Rocky has lost his wife, his brother-in-law, mm-hmm. his mentor in Mickey, and his replacement mentor in Apollo Creed, and now he's in the role of all four of those people for Adonis Creed. Yeah. Um, you know, he has to be the entire support structure. Well, I guess Adrian is taken care of by Tessa Thompson's character, but um, so you see that legacy movies about legacy are my bread and butter right mm-hmm. now. I don't know what it's about. Uh, I don't know if it's cause I think maybe since I got married, that has happened. Maybe. Like, you know, well, we're going to have a family someday. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not announcing anything on the podcast. That's <laughs> it's just part of the plan right yep. now. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, you know, we're going to have a family someday and like, what do I want to impart my kids to? How, how do I want them to even, you know, for me, especially down to, how do I get them to intake their media? You know, I don't want them to have an aversion to black and white or silent. Um, you know, I want them to appreciate certain things. And so I think that has a lot to do with it. But I think, uh, I think like you said, it's, it's a sports movie and I'm not a sports guy, but I love sports movies. Mm-hmm. I love sports movies. I love baseball movies. Yes. Um, remember the Titans is one of my oh, favorite. Yeah. That's favorite a movies. great movie. Yeah. That, oh man, that would be so good. But, and so I think you see, like you said, it's the King and Lightning. Yeah. Right? But reverse. Lightning's the king now, yeah. and Jackson Storm is the new guy. Mm-hmm. But Lightning still has to train, Lightning still wants to win, but it's also good. It's, it's, it's a movie where he has to be reminded of the lessons that he's once learned. Maybe. Uh, and also, hopefully, impart those lessons onto someone else yeah. by the end of it, oh. you know, and leave that legacy. What what legacy does he want to leave when yeah. he leaves the Piston Cup circuit? Mm-hmm. Um, that's great. That's, oh man, that sounds right up my alley. I'm yeah. hoping that's what it's about. I don't actually know if that's, the, the, that's all the trailers gave me. Yeah. The second thing is this is the best animated Cars movie we've ever seen. It looks incredible well the teaser trailer where it just showed lightning tumbling tumbling in slow motion yeah i first i'm like what 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 movie is this yeah and then you see kind of lightning's face like this is cars are you kidding me yeah and i i'm hoping with the good dinosaur Mm -hmm. came out last year year and a half ago because that's yeah. the one you were on for. Right, yeah. Uh, a year and a half ago. And uh, I just remember thinking that movie was animated like dynamite. Yeah. Uh, the water yeah. looked real. And I don't know how they did it. Yeah. Uh, and I I can't wait to see what Pixar does for this. Did Pixar do a movie last year? Oh, wait. Was it Finding Dory? No. Yes. Is that what it was? Yes, you're right. Yeah. It was Finding Dory. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, And like these... these Pixar franchise movies have been kind of hit or miss. I wasn't super into Finding Dory. It had mm. moments, but it was... It felt very forced at times. Felt very forced at times. Yeah. Um, the Toy Story sequels are all really good, though. Uh, Monsters University I wasn't super into. I haven't seen it. It was... Eh, eh. It I, was I feel like I'm missing something because I didn't go to college. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I When I first heard about it, I thought it was going to be a TV show. Oh, yeah. that sounds like a good premise for a TV show. It does, yeah. And uh, what I found out was me like, oh, there's a whole movie about that? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, arguably, the TV show would be longer than the movie, though. True. Um, and then Cars 2 is bad. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I'm 
really the only franchise that has proven its worth has been Toy Story for them. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping this is the best Cars movie. It looks like, like I said, it looks right up my alley. It looks really cool. It, I'm really, really excited about it. Uh, I feel like there's not a lot of buzz on it right now. No. I saw some people who have been to the premiere, a yeah. few people I follow on Twitter, and they were saying it's the best Cars movie ever. Ooh. So I don't know when Embargo lifts on it, um, but we'll see. And we, this is one of the few times we actually are able to talk about the film before without reviews having come out. They're just starting press screenings today, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, the premiere was yesterday. And press screenings start today. So... Uh, with that being said, we're kind of blind on this one, and I think that's good. I think the trailers have done a really good job of not really revealing too much about yeah. the plot. Also, the third thing I'm excited for, and last thing, is Army Hammer is going to be Jackson Storm, and I love that guy. Army Hammer? He played the Lone Ranger in the Lone Ranger movie, which I was not a fan of. Mm. Is that the one with Johnny Depp? Yes. Yes. But he was in The Man from Uncle. I don't know Whoa. if you saw that. I did not. Oh, man. He is so great in that movie. He plays this gigantic Russian guy in it, and he's awesome in it. I really love him in that movie. He's also, he plays the twins on The Social Network. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I also <laughs> I didn't I realize I his name was Army Hammer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. His father started Occidental Petroleum, actually. Oh. Or grandfather. Grandfather. Yeah, he he plays Jackson Storm, and I think that dude's got a cool voice. So he does. It's very low. Yeah, it's very low. So I'm interested to see. You know, it's 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 another thing that's the opposite of Lightning McQueen, right? He doesn't have like a high voice, but he's got that Owen Wilsony like, yeah. oh wow, like that kind of thing, right? <laughs> and uh, so I think that, that it shows that they did their work, yes. you know, to make them foils. And I yeah. love good foils. Yes. Good foils are my... I love those things. Mm-hmm. So a pair of good foils in a movie about leaving a lasting legacy that's worth something, that sounds... Man, that sounds great to me. It would be interesting if Jackson, Jackson Storm is the one who has to make these decisions, much like Lightning Queen. I was wondering the same thing. Yeah. I think there's a way to do that, but I don't want it to focus too much on Jackson. I no. want it to be Lightning's story. I think it needs to be a conclusion to Lightning's story. Yeah, if they... If they could just say this is the last one we're making, mm-hmm. uh, and that's and then it's over, I would mm-hmm. be fine with that. Yeah, I agree. And then you could do as many spy car spinoffs as you <laughs> want because I want I want more of Finn McMissile if I'm mm-hmm. if I'm honest. Is Finn McMissile Michael Caine's character? Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's great. Yes. That's great. So, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week to talk about what we thought about Cars Three. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything else you want to add about it? already bought the tickets okay thursday night all right there you go (laughs) um yeah and uh we're gonna take a short break and then ryan and i will be back to talk about the passing of adam west and our final thoughts on the mummy starring tom cruise and a lot of cgi (laughs) record scratch noise hey just kidding um Some life happened to Ryan. Everything's fine, but life happens sometimes. And so he wasn't able to catch the movie in time for us to release this episode. So I'm doing something that I haven't done in a really long time. I'm flying solo on this capsule review. It's going to be real short. It won't take up too much more of the episode, but I did see the movie and I figured if I paid the money to see it, I might as well review it for you guys because... 
That's the only reason I saw the thing. Um, it's bad. It's a bad movie. It's not a good movie. It's maybe not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it's still pretty bad. Um, Sophia Batella as the mummy is actually great in it. And there are scenes with her that are really, really good. Basically, every scene that doesn't have Tom Cruise in it is really good. And I hate to say that uh, because of how much I love Tom Cruise, but he's... He just feels so out of place in a film like this. It feels like he's slumming it a little bit. It honestly feels super goofy because it's him. I feel like if it was a different actor, it wouldn't feel as goofy. But there are moments in this movie that are legit, like, really creepy. And they feature her her, her intro scene when they, they kind of flash back to... Um, what happened to the sarcophagus after the plane crash we see in the trailer... And we first see her break out of her sarcophagus is really great. It's I can't believe they got away with it in a PG-13 movie, but I'm so glad they did. It's really creepy and kind of gross. And uh, it, I really loved that sequence. And so while that showed promise, it showed me that the good version of this movie is one rated R and two directed by Sam Raimi. There are so many things in the action sequences that play like jokes but it's clear that the intent was not for them to be funny and they're hilarious and so i think sam raimi would have done two things one he would have sold us on every square inch of this silly billy goofiness that is happening with prodigium and the uh the monsters avengers initiative the dark universe initiative whatever that is um I feel like he would have sold that really well, but I feel like he would have extracted those jokes. He would have mined it for those jokes rather than having them play funny, but not on purpose. It gives a really weird tone to everything. But if he would have leaned into the ridiculousness of the scenes, it would have been great. There's one scene that takes place as an ambulance chase that that is super apparent. It feels like something out of Army of Darkness to begin with. One of her skeleton zombie army gets chopped in half on a tree and then the door like it's he's swinging on a door and the door swings shut on the ambulance and it crawls in and so they have to deal with this half person inside of them all i could think is oh my gosh sam raimi would have made this so much better and then it ends on a on a gag i think this part was actually a joke it ends on a gag of him taking a two by four to the mummy and her just immediately grabbing it and performing an uppercut on him that sends him flying back and i thought that was hilarious but later on in the movie, it doesn't really play like that. She does it a couple more times to him later on in the movie, and I feel like those should have been callbacks and they weren't. We were supposed to take it seriously the next two times that happened, and it was just kind of stupid. Um, Jake Johnson's character, I'm beginning to think I don't like Jake Johnson. He's really bad in the movie. The character's really bad. Um... Yeah, it's just, I don't know, uh, my wife just got home, I'm recording this kind of lo-fi tonight to put it on uh, on the episode for you guys, so that was not my haunted apartment, that was just my wife getting home, um, and that was also her laughing, it wasn't a ghost laughing. But yeah, The Mummy's bad, it's, as far as where this Dark Universe thing is going, um, if they can get Sam Raimi to do one of them, I think I'd be into it, but... I don't know, Russell Crowe was... Uh, he was there. His... Uh, Jekyll and Hyde was... Like, Hyde was really weird. It, it, 
Hyde, they were like, you know, Hyde's a monster. And they were like, I don't know, what if he has a Cockney accent and has some glowy eyes and is a little bit fatter than Russell Crowe is. And that was about it for him. Um, there's also a really stupid moment where, like, his fingerprints change. Uh, he's, he, like, puts his hand on a, on a hand scanner and his fingerprints change. It's real weird. Um, yeah, I don't, I just don't think this Dark Universe thing has legs. Oh, that's another thing. The, um, the Universal logo plays over the beginning of the film, and then it transforms into the Dark Universe logo, which I thought was this weird little teaser. But then the opening credits say that it's a Universal Pictures slash Dark Universe production, which I think means Universal spun off their own production company specifically for these movies. And that's a bummer! Oh my gosh, I can't believe how crappy that is! Um, yeah, I'd... Redbox it maybe, but it's ultimately not really worth your time. So that's the mummy. Um, I'll we'll see you guys next week with Nick and I reviewing Cars three, and I think Ryan is giving his expectations for Transformers five. God bless his soul. Herc is on a roll. Um, you can find me on the internet at mjsmith eight nine one. You can find my writing at keithlovesmovies.com. I'm reviewing the book of Henry this weekend, and I'm super excited. Uh, and you can find my other writing at wordofthenerd.com. I'm going to be fan casting the live action version of, um, Cowboy Bebop over there, even though I think it's a terrible idea. I have some thoughts on how to make it maybe a little palatable. Uh, I also just wrote, a an in memoriam of Mr. Adam West, uh, RIP old chum. Uh, you will be missed, sir. And, uh, yeah, um, until next time, go watch, uh, go watch Nashville. Go challenge yourself a little bit. Um, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Makana-san. Makana-san. <laughs> <laughs>